So we're talking, um, we were going to talk about this last week and God interrupted my precious message. <clears throat> but I, I believe that was a good word for you last week. Amen. <clears throat> How many are, are focused, as we talk Sunday again, on the hope that we have in Christ? No hope, then there's no future, there's no vision for the future without that, the anchor of hope in your soul. Amen? So keep meditating on that. I, I, I Honestly, this week, a number of days, I've been meditating on that message from last Wednesday and, and then what we shared on Sunday. I've, I've, I've personally been meditating on it, and God's really been showing me some greater things in regards to hope and, and what hope really is and how vitally important it is to our success. Amen? So tonight... Um, gonna, because it's been a while, I was gone one of the Wednesdays, and then, <clears throat> and and we had we had started on on the the gift of the word of knowledge, and I just wanna gonna go through and review and uh, and finish that tonight. And at the end, just real quickly, if there's any questions that you have in regards to what a word of knowledge is and how it operates, uh, depending on the time, because of the children, we, we'll ask as many questions as we have time for if you have a question in regards to the word of knowledge. But my exhaustive teaching tonight should answer every question and you should leave here with a full head of knowledge and understanding because this is so thorough. Amen? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, right. Come on, everybody laugh a little bit. <clears throat> Loosen up. <clears throat> okay. 1 Corinthians 12, and I'm going to start with verse 1. I'm just going to read these uh, 14 verses. <clears throat> now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Don't forget that. So there are spiritual gifts. We talked about the seven gifts in Romans 12 previous to this, and now we're talking about <clears throat> the nine gifts of the Spirit here in 1 Corinthians 12. And Paul's saying, telling the church at Rome here, do not be ignorant of spiritual gifts. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities of these gifts, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit through, through these gifts is given to each one for the profit of all. So the gifts of the Spirit, and again, what they are is gifts. And we're, gonna, we're outlining each of these each week, but they are gifts given to us to profit not only yourself, but other people. And, and the gifts, okay, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are to profit other people through you. So, in other words, I, I want you to see these gifts as advantages that God has given us on planet Earth. He's given us an advantage to have more than just knowledge, but to have supernatural knowledge 
and understanding and wisdom and discernment and these things that these gifts represent so that we can live this life not just, not just like an average American or an average human being, but we can live this life beyond the common realm into the supernatural realm. So we don't just, we don't just settle for natural knowledge or understanding, but there's a super on our natural that causes us to see things in a supernatural way that people without supernatural gifts operating in their life don't see. And, it, and it's intended for everybody, Okay, it's for everybody. Every person that's ever been created was created in the image of God and we are created to be one with the Holy Spirit and to have the ability for the Holy Spirit to discern and reveal things to us that we needed to know, but it's to profit others. So what I'm going to share with you tonight and the examples that I'm going to give you are for your profit and then through you to profit other people. Got it? That's what he said right here. <clears throat> so it's for the prophet. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another the gifts of the gifts plural of healing by the same spirit. When we get to that one it would be very interesting some of the things we're going to talk about there. To another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another the discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as the Lord wills. All nine gifts of the Spirit, of the Spirit are at your disposal as he wills them in and through your life. Now, <clears throat> I want to break these down because from the first time I ever started studying these and then the teachings I heard from other people, I've always looked at these nine gifts separated this way. <clears throat> the first three that we just mentioned, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, are the revel three revelation gifts. In other words, those three reveal something. The next three are the three power gifts. Gift of faith, working of miracles, the gifts of healing. They do something. The first three reveal something, the second three do something, okay? And the last three, prophecy, different kinds of tongues, or the King James says diverse kinds of tongues, and, and interpretation of tongues, these are utterance gifts, and they say something. So there's three gifts that reveal something, there are three gifts that do something, and there are three gifts in, in this utterance that say something. Okay? And that's the way we're breaking them down. Now, <clears throat> it starts out with the word of wisdom, but I wanted to start with the word of knowledge, and I'll share that with you next week when we talk about the word of wisdom, why I started with the word of knowledge. Okay, So, <clears throat> as I said, and I'm just going to go through this quickly because I want to get to a, a chapter in the Bible in Acts chapter 10 that I believe will give some real definition to, to what we're talking about. <clears throat> So as I said, these gifts are to profit people, and they're as the Lord wills them in a given situation. <clears throat> we said this the last time we taught on it, but this is the gift of the word of knowledge. It is not the gift of knowledge. It's not the gift of knowledge. 
You don't operate in this gift because you study the word night and day, night and day, night and day, and have a head full of knowledge. The gift is, is not released that way. It is not the gift of knowledge. It is the gift of the word of knowledge. Any more than the, one of the ones in, the, in the, the power gifts that do something, <clears throat> if the gift of healings, if the gift of healings was based on just natural knowledge or it was a, it was a gift of healings, then that, that would take, that, that would flow through people that were very educated where healings are concerned in the natural. If this was the, a gift of knowledge, it would, it, people that were gifted with knowledge and had, had spent their lifetime studying and, and had different degrees because of the knowledge that they have, they would be gifted, they would have access to this gift. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's not what it is. The most illiterate person on planet Earth, the most illiterate person that you know on planet Earth can operate in the gift of the word of knowledge because it's supernatural, right? Um. <clears throat> So, when we taught on this earlier, I defined this gift this way. If you're taking notes, you can take I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I just want you to know this as we go into the last part of this, this message. The gift of the word of knowledge is the supernatural revelation of the Holy Ghost of certain facts in the mind of God. It's a supernatural revelation of certain facts in the mind of God. Certain facts in the mind of God. <clears throat> God, and, and, and we know him this way, he's all-knowing, but he doesn't reveal everything to man. He gives man a part of the knowledge. So I'm going to say it again. This gift is a supernatural revelation of parts and facts in the knowledge of God that are saying something that's bigger than what he reveals in the moment. It's a part. Now, if, <clears throat> if I came up to Preston and I said, Preston, uh, today I'm packed and ready to go. And I just left it. He's going to look at me and say, oh, okay. Yeah. And in the back of his mind, he's thinking, what the crud, you know? <clears throat> in other words, that, that is a, a statement. It's a fragment of something that's bigger, but I didn't give him all the knowledge. Right? It's a piece. But it will not stand on its own. And what I'm, what I'm telling you tonight is that the gift of the word of knowledge will not stand on its own. It is a piece of information that is connected to the mind and the thinking of God that has another piece and a part to it 
that will be revealed at another time. It may be five minutes after you get a word of knowledge. It may be two years after you get a word of knowledge. It could be ten years after you get it. But it's connected to a sentence or a paragraph in the mind of God that has completion to it. Did you get me? Okay. Remember, I'm doing such a good job of this, you won't have one question. No, I'm teasing. Okay. So, so a word, a word in a sentence is a is a fragment. Everybody say fragment. Okay? So the 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 fragmented sentence that I spoke that I said I, if I had spoke this to Preston, okay, in in that the word packed is a word, right? But it's a it's a fragment of a sentence. If if I finished it if I finish the sentence, Preston, I'm packed and ready to go. I'm on a vacation headed to Hawaii. Woo! You know, I mean, all of a sudden, now your mind's got the completion of what was said, and I know exactly what is meant, and there could be excitement, there could be jealousy, there could be, you know, whatever, you know, in, 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 you know encompassed in the continuation of that sentence. So the word itself will not stand on its own if it's, trying, if it's trying to give a greater understanding of something that you don't know yet. So it's a piece, and it's a part, and we need it, but God wants us to continually want him more and more, and he wants us to become beyond natural people that learn to tap the supernatural and that's why he's given us gifts to do what what will a gift do to you Mm -hmm. but what what will a gift of a word of knowledge remember it's it's a fragment it's a piece what will it do to you what will it what will it cause you to do Yeah, I mean, it, it, will, it will get your attention, right? And God wants you to not be, he doesn't want humanity to be a, a, a people that are focused on everything else that, but him. And these gifts were getting, given to get our attention so that we continue on. And, and one of the reasons that he doesn't give us the whole sentence or the whole paragraph is because we've got to be found trustworthy to want more of him. Because many times, if things are revealed too quickly, we screw them up. God wants our heart more than he wants. He don't, he don't want your money. He, he's, not, he's not after anything in the natural realm that you have. God wants your heart. And so these, wor- these gifts create for us this attention getter to where we, wow, man, I remember that. How many have ever had a word given to you and then, bam, 
two years later, you're still remembering that word. It comes back to you, see? Because why? It gets your attention. There's been certain words that God's given me, and I didn't really do my part to help them help me to move forward. That's what these gifts are for. They're gifts. They don't cost you anything. You just have to choose to begin to believe that they're real and that you can operate through them and be a blessing to other people and cause other people to profit. One of the greatest things you and I can do in our lives is get our mind and our focus and our attention off of ourselves and onto other people. He's given us these gifts to help other people, not trying to figure out how to help people, but being willing as we develop relationship with God, be willing and open to be used for this. Now, you know, if you've ever participated in other things, I'm just making a comment about this, but the psychic world is very profitable and it's very intriguing and the psychic world out in the world is very popular and you know anything that's making it out there it's because people are intrigued and are following it and and when somebody can call a number or call some tv show or a radio show and they can talk to somebody on the other line and that person can tell them give them fragments of things that relate to their life what does it do? It gets their attention. It gets their attention to believe that something like that is real. Now, I'm not here, you know, to be against anybody or what anybody else does out there. It really doesn't matter, okay? But if you're not born again based on what my Bible says, okay, if you're not born of the Spirit of God, then even though people tap into spiritual things that are out there, it's not the Spirit of God. The only way you can tap the Spirit of God is to be born of the Spirit of God. It's the only way you can tap into that. Now, you can tap into the counterfeits of spiritual things, you know, and everything that is a counterfeit at one time came from real. You notice when someone counterfeits a $100 bill, uh, you know, a Federal Reserve note in, in, of America, I mean, it doesn't look like the Chinese yen, right? I mean, it looks exactly like the original. So it's copied after the original. Everything that is counterfeit spiritually is, copper, is, is copied from the original because the one who was in heaven and kicked out of heaven, who was Lucifer, who we know is Satan, who is in the realm of the spirit, he's a counterfeiter and he does everything to make people believe that all these other things are just as good, as big as God. He's getting to the point where he doesn't, the enemy doesn't try to convince people that God's not real. He just tries to get everybody to be all mixed in one little bag and shake it all together. And I'm not against anybody. I'm just saying, if you're not born of the Spirit of God, you can't tap into the gifts of the Spirit. It doesn't work, right? Any more than... Uh, if you're not a Ford pickup, you can't drive people around like you are. Huh? You can put somebody on your back and haul them around and say, I'm a Ford, but you're not. You weren't built at the factory. Hmm? 
And if you're not born of the Spirit of God, you can't call things spiritual things connected to God or the God of the Bible if you're not born of the Spirit of God and connected to the ideas and the thought processes that come from him. Okay? Now, I need to get off of that. I could stay on that for a while. So, so through this gift of knowledge, and I, and I, I want to read a couple of passages of Scripture. <clears throat> Through the gift of knowledge, he imparts to you what he wants you to know. And I'm going to show you and give you a number of examples through these verses of scripture that I'm going to read. I'm going to give you these examples so that I think from these scriptures, and then I have a personal example, just one that I want to give you real quickly, that I think will help you in what this gift is, how it operates, and how to act, how you can be open to see it activated through your life. You can't activate it. It's as he wills it, but you can be open to be used by this gift. Okay? So Acts chapter 9 and verse 10. Acts chapter 9 and verse 10. Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said, the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man and how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And there, here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who are called on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel and so on and so on. But I want you to notice, in a vision... He heard the Lord say to him, go to this place. Well, he, he wouldn't. All that he knew of the Apostle Paul is that he was a threat and he was killing Christians. That's all he knew about it. This, this vision, this word of knowledge from God, and to see it was just a piece. And notice what he said. Go and lay your hands on him that he can see. Well, you know, in, in, I mean... From the time he got that, after he processed this whole thing, I mean, this was probably one of the most feared men on the planet at the time. And God's telling him to go and seek him out. Now, why would I want to do that? He's going to kill me. So his thought process are going and going and going. But Ananias stayed with the word, the fragment of what God wanted done. And he did that, and he laid his hands, and his eyes saw, and the rest is history. Do you see how, do you see how the word of knowledge from the Lord, okay, the word of knowledge came to him, and from that word of knowledge, he was able to release somebody, pray over someone for their eyes to be open because of what had happened to him, and he wrote two-thirds of this book, and amazing things happened, but all Ananias got was a piece, See that? Okay, 10th chapter, first verse. 
There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always about the ninth hour of the day. He saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in saying to him, Cornelius, okay, all right, so here's the word of the Lord coming to him. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? Now, okay, so the Lord is speaking something to him. So the question is, is the Lord giving him a word of knowledge through an audible voice? I say, no. I say, that in this vision, he is seeing this, but it's, it's not an audible voice. Words of knowledge can come through a vision, but then, but then the word of knowledge, that, that if Dale gets a word of knowledge in a vision, and he delivers that to me, and then I do something with it, I got a word of knowledge through Dale. You see? That word, that fragment, that piece that he got, and he follows through, it's still just a fragment and a piece, that, I, that now I'm supposed to do. So things like that can come in a vision or things like words of knowledge can just come to you, you know, as you're standing up. A vision doesn't mean that it's something that you have to be laid out on the floor or in a closet somewhere or whatever. It could be. And you, you could be like in a trance because you'll see a, another statement here about one being in a trance. There's different ways that it can come, but these are real words that came from God, that profited all of humanity. The word that came to Ananias profited all humanity because we wouldn't have the New Testament without the Apostle Paul's right. Two-thirds of the New Testament is written by the one man that this guy got a word of knowledge from, and, and he changed the world. Changed your my life. Amen? So, follow with me here. And when he observed him, Cornelius, when, when this angel came, when he observed him, he was afraid, and he said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with, with Simon a tanner whose house is by the sea, and he will tell you what you must do. See, there's a fragment. And when the angel who spoke to him, had departed. Cornelius called his two household servants. and In other words, they did what he said. Now, verse 9. Next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter, okay, this is the first part was Cornelius, now it's Peter. Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And when he became very hungry and wanted to eat, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. And he saw heaven opened and an object like a sheet like a great sheet bound at four corners descending to the earth and let down and let it down to earth and in it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth wild beasts creeping things birds of the air and a voice came to him here's the voice remember angels are messengers of god in other words they'll speak whatever god says so this message came to peter through an angel but it's the voice of god and the voice came to him said rise peter kill and eat now that'll stand on its own, <clears throat> right? Kill and eat, that's the word. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything common or unclean. 
And a voice spoke to him again the second time, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times and the object was taken up into heaven again. Verse 17. Now, while Peter was stumbling around trying to figure out what the heck that was about, you know, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry of Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. See, they wouldn't know that other than the word of knowledge. They wouldn't have known where Peter's house was or that he was even there, right? While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Another word of knowledge. There's three men seeking you. In fact, they're already at the door, right? Then Peter went down to the men... Verse 21, who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am whom you seek. For what reason have you come? See, you see the fragments? See, they just got pieces that they obeyed. And when they did the piece, there was more to come. That's what the gifts of the Spirit are for. They're pieces, they're fragments, they're nuggets from God that are connected to something bigger that's going to profit what did 1 Corinthians 12 say? How many will it profit? A few? Profit all. In other words, these words of knowledge that we're reading in here profited all of humanity to this day. All of humanity doesn't even know that they were profited by a word of knowledge that came to a guy that was a centurion, Cornelius, and to the apostle Peter. And they were just kill and eat. And that profited all of humanity. Now, it... There was more to the sentence and the paragraph of what God wanted to see accomplished, but all they needed to know was kill and eat. Go over there. Do that. They're pieces. They're fragments. That's what a, the gift of the word of knowledge is, and it's what it's for. Watch. Where am I? I just read 21. Yes. And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nations, the Jews was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house, to hear words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged with them. And the next day Peter went away with them and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and his close friends. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and he worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up saying, wait, stand up, I'm, I myself am just a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. And he said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man, and here comes the interpretation to that kill and eat thing. He said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or to go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Peter was thinking it was food. When in actuality he's saying it's time to kill and get rid of this thing that's kept people separated. Now watch. Because this, 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 these words of knowledge... There's a word of knowledge and another word of knowledge and a peace and, and you see these things coming together and, and, and we're going to see the end result of this in this reading right here of how it came all the way down to you and I. 
And he said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He's just going over what he had told him to do. Verse 34, now watch this, okay? So here's Peter. He's in Cornelius' house. He's got his family and all his friends and everybody have come together. And this is what, all of a sudden, okay, these words of knowledge came to this revelation that was, is fixing to be preached in the next few verses for all of mankind. And, you know, this little message right here is pretty politically correct even for our day and time because this is it. Peter opened his mouth and he said, in a truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. There's no part, it doesn't matter who you are, where you live, where you're born, what nation you're in, what color your skin is, nothing. In other words, that's what he's saying. But in every nation, in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Now watch this. There's only two races of people on planet earth according to this passage. Saved and unsaved. But they all originate from the nature of God. How great is that? So everybody was created to be born again. Everybody. Every human being on planet earth was created to be born again because we all originate from the same God. Right? There's only two races of people based on this after what the blood of Jesus accomplished. Verse 37. The word you know which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed, this is, this is the message, this is what he came to preach to, the, to this family. This is the, the beginning, well, this is what he came to bring to this family and this is what it said. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Why? Not because he was the son of God, but because God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. God raised him up on the third day, showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. While Peter was still speaking, while Peter was still speaking, and all of this originated from the gift of the word of knowledge. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word. These were not Jews. See, this was not of the nation of Israel. These are Gentiles. Look at your neighbor and say, you Gentile. <clears throat> See, this is the Gentiles. This is, where, this is where the first Gentile was saved. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. In other words, those who were who were Jews, they were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water? In other words, the baptism of water, that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as they have. 
And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And they asked him to stay for a few days because they had some questions. Amen? The gift of the word of knowledge. Personal example. And I, man, I use this example. I've used this a number of times. You know, you raise your children. They grow up. They live their own lives. <clears throat> but I'm not only my daughter's father, but I'm their pastor. And so when they're going to do something, especially if they're going to travel, they're going to go out of town, many times they will, in, in one day, this is several years back, I mean, she's living her own life, doing, making her own decisions, doing her things and all this. And she just come to me and said, Dad, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about going to this certain place, and I'm going to drive there. He said, just pray about it. Just see if you get anything or if you have any sense or whatever about it. And I said, okay. And, she, you know, she's done that I don't know how many times. And, and, you know, I mean, it's not like I'm trying to keep her from doing something. I'm, she just asked me to pray, okay? But if you ask me to pray, okay, nine times out of ten, I, I'll probably just say, okay, because God, God doesn't lead you through me. He leads you by the Holy Ghost, but he has people in authority to help you, to encourage you, okay? And so... Most times she'd ever asked me to pray, most of the times up to that point, it, you know, it, maybe there'd been a thing or two here, I maybe gave her some instruction or whatever, but I just prayed. I took a few minutes and I began to pray in the spirit, and uh, I just had this picture, this vision of her driving our Suburban instead of her driving her car. Okay, that's all I got, fragment. So she asks me, maybe it was a day or two later, she asked me, she said, uh, did you pray about me going? I said, yeah, but you know what? This is what I got. You're supposed to drive the Suburban and not your car. What? You know, I mean, it was not, I mean, you know, you saw the responses from the different people. You know, go, go, go to this murderer's house who will, if he finds out you're a Christian, will murder you, you know, and tell him this, and go lay hands on him. Lay hands on him. He'll murder me. He's got all these people. He's after me. You know, but she says, she, you know, so she starts thinking about it, you know, but dad, I mean, you know, I'd rather drive my own car. I said, I know. That's what I heard. So it was probably the next day or so, and she kind of brings her mother in on it with her, you know, to kind of help support it. And, you know, it's not that big of a deal. And, you know, just, you know, whatever. I said, look, I, I'm just telling you that's what I heard, okay? So it's a gift. It's the gift of a word of knowledge to do what? To profit her. So at the end of the day, like she's done throughout her whole life, she went with the word that I gave her, not liking it in her head, but following it. Because I had nothing to gain. I'm telling her what I heard, okay? It was a word of knowledge. The day she left, she was driving. She was leaving, going to driving somewhere about four or five hours away. And uh, about halfway there or so, I get this call from her. And I could tell she, she wasn't like crying, but she, could, she was like, you know, you, you get impacted when something works. And that day... There, there were winds, she has a little Kia, and there were winds that day of upwards 40 to 50 miles an hour that were kind of blowing the Suburban around, but it had blown that little Kia all over the road. 
And she said, I know that's why I was supposed to drive the Suburban. And she thanked me that day for just being obedient, you know. I mean, things like that, so, so often those words can seem so insignificant and it's like no big deal. But what does God want? He wants our attention. He wants us to believe in him more than we believe in what our natural mind tries to tell us is true. See, and, and so often it's simple little things like that that challenge us to trust him in, number one, let's take myself in being used to say something that, yeah, you know, that's the, you know, that's, must have had pizza the night before or something, you know, and it just got some word like, or whatever. But when I prayed in the spirit, that's what I got. And God doesn't want you to see things as insignificant, he wants you to develop and train your ability to be able to hear him and be used to implement the gifts of the Spirit for the profit of other people, okay? So he says, well, you know, what, what, what do you think could have happened to her? That I don't know. But why in the heck would we want to try to figure it out? We don't have to. We just obey, Right? Yeah, her little car could have been thrown all over the road and maybe there would have been an accident or, or whatever as a result of that. But God knows what's coming and if we will be used, he wants us to work with each other and not just be this individual that's got all the wisdom, all the understanding, everything works for me but it won't work for anybody else. No, it's all of us and we work together. Amen?